Is President Coyne actually Lucy Gray? Today's episode will contain spoilers for A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Hey, brother! Man, oh man, you guys. Last week, we dove into the Hunger Games fandom properly with our first massive theory, did Coyne plan everything? That theory suggests that everything from Prim's reaping to Katniss's arena for the 74th Hunger Games to the bombings in District 8 are all part of a carefully and meticulously plan of action designed and executed by President Coyne. And you guys had a ton of amazing questions in the comment section, but far and away the most prevailing one of them all was a question we ourselves had here at Super Carlin Brothers, and that is whether or not Alma Coyne, the president of District 13, is in fact Lucy Gray. President Snow's once true love and now greatest adversary. And this theory actually does have quite a bit going for it. I mean, for one, they were just in love with one another. That is until Coriolanus's true nature is finally discovered and or revealed and he attempts to kill Lucy Gray, something that is ultimately left open-ended a mystery. We don't know whether or not she makes it into adulthood, whether or not she survives this final interaction with Snow in the woods by the lake. But at the same rate, we also know barely anything about President Coyne's early life. She just shows up inside of the third book and all of a sudden plays President Snow like a fiddle. By which I mean, her plan of attack against Snow seems to revolve entirely around attacking his like most personal memories. Memories that almost nobody except for Lucy Gray could possibly know about this man. But also, if they did in fact know each other, then it seems like the kind of thing that may have been revealed to Katniss by one of them at some point in time, maybe, right? Or at the very least, if Coin and Lucy Gray are the same person, that they would have like, a similar physical description, maybe? Or at the very least, that Coin and President Snow would be roughly the same age, which, are they? The Lucy Gray that we knew loved colors and vibrance and life and singing, while Coin seems like she's possibly never even heard of colors or music. So the big question that we shall tackle today is whether or not President Coin is in fact Lucy Gray. So right out of the gate, it just sort of feels like what the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes would be attempting to tell us on the whole is that this is exactly the case, that Lucy Gray goes on to be Snow's greatest adversary, President Coyne. Like suggesting that the whole Hunger Games saga, Katniss's whole journey started 64 years prior between these two people. And right away, it feels like it just simply makes sense. At the ending of the Ballad of Songbirds and Snake, we know that Lucy Gray and Coriolanus are leaving District 12 entirely, relying on nothing but each other to survive in the wilderness. But as we all know, despite the fact that they were heading north, things almost immediately go south. South. Snow becomes incredibly paranoid and ultimately attempts to actually kill Lucy Gray. And her fate is exactly that. It is unclear. It is gray. That remains a mystery. However, in the event that she did survive, we know exactly the direction she was headed. District 13, where if she did ultimately make it, she could have potentially found safe haven, a place to reside while she slowly built and gained power to ultimately mount her attack at Snow. And so while all of that sounds amazing on paper, while it feels like the actual function and purpose of this prequel series, 
there are some glaring issues, not the least of which is the apparent age gap between President Coin and President Snow as we see them in the Hunger Games trilogy. We know that Coriolanus Snow was 18 years old when he mentored the 16-year-old Lucy Gray in the 10th Hunger Games. And we also know that Katniss will inevitably compete in the 74th and 75th Hunger Games, respectively. I volunteer as tribute. So some simple math will tell us that the trilogy then starts 64 years later, meaning that President Snow should be 82 years old and President Coin should be 80. And yet that is not at all the age that Katniss seems to describe the age of President Coin. Alma Coin, the president of 13 who just watches. She's 50 or so with gray hair that falls in an unbroken sheet to her shoulders. That's the only description we ever get as to how old this character is supposed to be. 50 or so, which is vague at best. It at least allows for a potential margin for error, that she doesn't need to be exactly a specific age. However, 50 or so and a definite flat out 80 are too far apart. And that alone would seemingly rule out any scenario where Lucy Gray was able to survive the ending of the story, make her way to District 13, where she rises to power and ultimately becomes their leader. Except I do think we have to consider the source. Katniss is the one who lays this claim to approximately 50 years old. This is relevant because Katniss has lived in and largely only knows District 12, an incredibly harsh and difficult place to live. For one, it's a mining town. We know that Katniss's own father actually lost his life due to an explosion inside of the mines. But even beyond that, coal dust itself is just not good for your health. And we also know that some residents of District 12 are known to use the same white liquor that Haymitch uses to attempt to block out the entire world. Something that I suspect is not highly refined or good for your health. And while they do have homes, it also seems like they spend a huge amount of time exposed to the elements outside, including the sun, which can also make you age rather more considerably. Well, on the flip side, District 13 is entirely underground. They have no coffee, no alcohol. Heck, they don't even have celebrations. Even your daily meal allotment is entirely based on your physical makeup and your daily expectations and exertions. Safety and conservation of resources are literally the number one priority. In addition to that, it's entirely underground. They have zero sun exposure at all. So aging in District 13 could just quite literally be different. The point I'm trying to make though, is that it is entirely possible that inside of District 12, Katniss has never even seen an 80 year old, let alone one whose life hasn't been incredibly hard on them. And as such, the 50-year-olds that Katniss might be aware of inside of District 12 might actually appear 80 years old due to this incredibly challenging life that they have there. So when she sees an actual 80-year-old in the form of coin, she might think that she's only 50 because that's what she's used to 50-year-olds looking like. And I know what you're thinking, it's kind of nitpicky to go through and sort of like place so much attention on this particular detail, but it's because it's a really big detail to overcome, but otherwise the mountain of evidence that suggests that President Coyne was once upon a time Lucy Gray is huge. But guys, we need to pause right there to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Factor. Guys, we are in the absolute heat of summer at the moment. And if you are anything like me, it means that you are looking for just 
fast and easy, convenient meals so that you can go out there and be enjoying the great weather. And great news for you because Factor is America's number one ready to eat meal kit. It is specifically designed with deliciously nutritious meals delivered right to your doorstep. And so again, if you're anything at all like me and you're just too busy to chop, cook, and clean up meals, Factor is perfect for you. Plus, you'll skip that extra trip to the grocery store and all the extra work and cleanup at home. And honestly, this is kind of a weird application by me in particular, but mornings are always difficult, getting out of the house. So oddly, I will regularly eat these for breakfast. And if I'm too busy for one of the meals, I'll grab one of the smoothies to go and drink it on my way into the office, and they are delicious. And to be even more honest, it's mostly just that I like the smoothies because the meals don't take long to prepare. It's just two minutes and you get a meal that tastes like a home-cooked meal, which again means you'll have plenty more time to get back out there in the heat of summer. It's 100 here today. But also Factor has tons of available options for a different variety of diets and lifestyles like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie and protein plus. All of their meals are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Plus they've got a great selection of snacks and just actual breakfast food in their 45 plus add-on options. Those include things like apple cinnamon pancakes or bacon egg bites. Or again, they also have the smoothies or cold pressed juices or shakes. So if your mouth is watering by this point, be sure to head on over to factormeals.com super50 and use promo code super50 to get 50% off your order. That's code super50 at factormeals.com super50 to get 50% off your first order. One last time, that's factorymeals.com slash super50, super50 for 50% off, link in the description down below. So with that out of the way, let's backtrack a little bit to life in District 12 between Lucy Gray and President Snow after the 10th Hunger Games. In 12, we meet the Covey, which is essentially as close to a family as Lucy Gray has. And they are a group of formerly nomadic entertainers who used to travel all over Pan Am before the First Great War, but ultimately were trapped inside of District 12. And right away, I think it's worth pointing out the fact that the word covey has a real world definition as well. It's quite literally a flock of birds. In addition to that, the joint surname that all of the covey seem to use is Baird, B-A-I-R-D, which is kind of a play on the word bard, a traveling performer. However, the inclusion of the letter I in the word Baird feels like a very birdification of the word. So in a way they are performing flock of birds, one of whom, Maud Ivory, can quite literally hear a song for the first time and then immediately know it forever, who now exists under the Capitol's rule. By accident, the Covey are Mockingjays, in case that metaphor wasn't clear. And Mockingjays, in case you need a refresher, are not naturally occurring animals. They are the accidental hybrids of the native mockingbirds in the area and the capital-created mutts, Jabberjays. More specifically though, Lucy Gray herself is the perfect living, breathing example of a mockingjay and that she is neither capital nor district. I'm not really from 12, she said. My people are Covey, musicians by trade. We took a wrong turn one day and were obliged to stay. Oh, so what district are you from then? Asked Lepidist. No district in particular. We move from place to place as the fancy takes us, Lucy Gray caught herself. Well, we used to anyway, before the peacekeepers rounded us up a few years back. But now you're District 12 citizens, he insisted. 
if you say so. This is in an interview that she has before the 10th annual Hunger Games, an event that she ultimately goes on to win, but one that has a lasting effect on her. She claims that even after exiting the arena, she always has one foot stuck in. She shook her head, as close as he'd ever seen her to embarrassed, as she propped her guitar against the rock. Sorry, still got one foot in the arena. Meaning she's an accidental hybrid herself. She is just a freely moving native to the lands that was permanently changed and impacted by her experience inside of the Hunger Games at the Capitol. In many ways, Lucy Gray is and was the original Mockingjay, which is incredibly significant because that is the very symbol that goes on to be the icon for the rebellion that takes down President Snow. But moving on from that, let's talk about the name Lucy Gray itself, because the Covey kind of have unique naming conventions. We each get our first name from a ballad and our second from a color. She popped up to explain. Barb is from Barbara Allen and Azure Blue, like the sky. Me, I'm Maude Claire, and Ivory like piano keys. And Lucy Gray is special because her whole name came right from her ballad, Lucy and Gray. And the ballad of Lucy Gray is particularly important because one, it's an actual real world ballad written by William Wordsworth, someone who absolutely had the exact right name for someone who writes ballads. And two, the themes of a ballad of songbirds and snakes is encapsulated inside of the ballad Lucy Gray. We hear the entire ballad inside of the story, but the rough premise is that it is the story of a girl who went out and was lost in the snow, presumed to be dead. Her family does go out looking for her and ultimately find her footprints, which abruptly stop halfway across a bridge. Coriolanus is actively interjecting his thoughts as the ballad is being performed, and at this point in the ballad, this is what he says. Wait, what? She vanished into thin air? That is the question, isn't it? And inside of the ballad, it's completely left unclear. Yet some maintain that to this day she is a living child, that you may see sweet Lucy Gray upon the lonesome wild. Once again, we get Coriolanus interjecting, who believes it's a ghost story. Oh, a ghost story. Ugh, boo, so ridiculous. Well, he tried hard to love it when he saw the covey tomorrow. And that is certainly one interpretation of the story, but another is that it's someone who left and never looked back. And that's important. Keep that in mind as we move forward. Otherwise, we know that Coriolanus and Lucy Gray are attempting to figure out a way to make life work inside of District 12 when ultimately they both reach breaking points that sort of suggest that it's time for them to move on. They need to act. And for Coriolanus, the breaking point that he has reached is that he was directly involved and responsible for the murder and death of the mayor's daughter, Mayfair. And regardless of any accolades that he has achieved as a peacekeeper is deathly afraid that if discovered, that will be the end of the road for him. So he must leave. So the two decide to run off together into the wilderness in the direction of the same lake that Katniss will someday go to as well with her father. But before they get there, they have a kind of unusual and thought-provoking conversation. It happens when Coriolanus accidentally reveals a piece of information. Lucy Gray starts the exchange. It'd be nice in my new life not to have to kill anyone else. I'm with you there. Three seems enough for one lifetime and certainly enough for one summer. Snow immediately realizes that this was a bit of a slip and that Lucy Gray did not know that he had killed three people. He tries to distract from this piece of information a little bit by then impromptu fashioning a walking stick into a potential weapon. Lucy Gray, however, doesn't miss a beat. They found a couple of stout branches and she steadied them while he snapped off their limbs. Who's 
the third. At this point in the story, Lucy Gray would know that Snow was kind of forced to kill Bobbin inside of the arena. And she was actually there for the moment when he killed the mayor's daughter, Mayfair, the thing that he's really worried someone will find out about. The one he hadn't told her about though was the framing of Sejanus and how he was directly responsible for his death, something that she probably wouldn't have approved of. His mind raced for a plausible explanation. Could he have been involved in a freak accident? A training death. He was cleaning a weapon and it went off by mistake. He decided it was best to make a joke of it. Myself, I killed the old me so I could come with you. This is kind of subtle, but I also think it could be very important. So keep it in mind as we move forward. But from there, they press forward mostly in silence until they finally reach the lake where inside of the hut next to the lake, Coriolanus discovers that the weapons used involved in the murder of Mayfair are stashed there. And it was the fear of being caught associated with this particular murder that ultimately led him to leaving with Lucy Gray in the first place. But now that he knows that these weapons will never be found, there's nothing left to connect him to the murder. And at this point, you can see that Quailanus starts to rewrite the narrative in his head a little bit. He immediately grows super concerned over Lucy Gray taking a knife to go and harvest some Katniss roots, which is very on the nose. He's absolutely certain though that the discovery of these weapons has changed everything inside of her own mind as well. And she is absolutely setting up a situation to attack him. No question she was hiding from him, but why? There could be only one answer, because she'd figured it out, all of it. That destroying the guns would wash away all the physical evidence of his connection to the murders, that he'd no longer want to run away, that she was the last witness to tie him to the crime. But they'd always had each other's back, so why would she suddenly think he might harm her? Why, when only yesterday, he'd been pure as the driven snow? From here on out, we never actually get another clear exchange between these two characters. So we, the audience, also never know whether or not Lucy Gray had started putting the pieces of the puzzle together or if Snow was just simply spiraling. Her last piece of dialogue in the whole story comes after Snow had just fired a spray of bullets roughly in her direction. And she doesn't say her last lines, she sings them. A few lines from The Hanging Tree. The song that is meant to suggest the place where two lovers may go to die together. And here's where we find ourselves at the great big question. Did Snow hit his mark? Does Lucy Gray die out in the woods? And why of all things in this particular moment would she sing the hanging tree? And it goes back to the line from earlier, the one that I said was important, where he suggests that the third person he killed was himself, the old him. Myself, I killed the old me so I could come with you. He's lying in that moment, but it's also not terribly far from the truth. Did Lucy Gray die in the woods? Yes, but so did Snow. That's why Lucy sings the song. It's the place where two people go to die. And I think that is exactly what happened. They both went somewhere and both killed the old versions of themselves. Coriolanus throughout the entire story has been carrying his mother's compact. It's something that brings him comfort. It's his last remaining connection to her, someone who is good and kind. That compact is destroyed in this scene. Meanwhile, his last remaining artifact to his father, who is a cruel man who we eventually learn actually created the Hunger Games, is a compass. And that compass is exactly what he uses to escape this scene in the woods and return to District 12 as a new person with a new moral compass. And then there's Lucy Gray. She was lost, not in the literal snow, but in love 
with Coriolanus Snow. She's believed to be dead, never to return, just like in her ballad. But it's not clear if she's gone for good. I think physically they both survive this altercation. However, all that is left of Lucy Gray is a ghost of her former self. And this would serve as the explanation as to why Coyne is just so different from the character of Lucy Gray. Lucy Gray is fun and colorful and musical, while Coyne is bleak and gray and efficient. Lucy Gray wears the rainbow dresses with bouncy, dark, curly hair. Coyne wears a gray jumpsuit and has gray hair and gray eyes. Gray eyes that Katniss describes as, her eyes are gray, but not like those of the people of the scene. They're very pale, as if almost all the color had been sucked out of them. The color of slush that you wish would melt away. Sucked out of them. Like a ghost? Slush? Like snow? Like gray snow? The other side of the coin? There's just so much gray. Coin is gray. Coin is Lucy Gray. Guys, we know that the age thing is a big hurdle attached to this theory, but it seems like everything else suggests that this is exactly where it's intended to go. And if you watch our video from last week about how Coin is just meticulously and carefully planning every single step against her war against Snow, it just, it seems like someone who would have to be informed on everything that happened during this 10th Hunger Games, during his relationship with Lucy Gray. So for my question of the day, be sure to let me know what do you think in the towel section down below. Is it possible that Lucy Gray escaped this particular scene, made it to District 13, and ultimately led the assault against the Capitol? I want to know all of your thoughts. Otherwise, guys, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you'd like to jump over and check out that entire video about Coin's master plan against Snow, you can do so right over here. But otherwise, until next time, bye!